farting. <gasps> Here you me. Really? Great way to start the show, honey. That's really nice. Dog kept me awake all night. Really nice. Bad dog. Bad dog. Tom Bernard Show with Hackmaster Ralph David Basham, MD. L.A. Nick. Catherine Brent. Andy Brent Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we have a guest this hour that's going to torture Andy. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be fantastic. I'm not telling you what it's all about. Forget it. And don't try to look it up either, Andy. Back off. We will be right back. The news is next. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, I thought you were playing Come As You Are. I heard the bass I did, too. I thought it was Come As You Are. I thought it was, too. What is Peter Gunn sneaking <laughs> through the city? It's called Sale. Oh, Sale, yeah. A Sale? It's called. It's by AWOL Nation. They're kind of yeah, like. Like a... I should know who that <laughs> should be. <laughs> like... AWOL Nation. Oh, yeah, AWOL Nation. Well, never mind then. <laughs> They're kind of like um, a mix between like Depeche Mode and I'm trying to think of the other band I Depeche thought of. Depeche Mode. Yeah. They were huge. Depeche Mode and Guar. Yeah, yeah, maybe Guar. Guar? Why does Guar keep coming up? I don't know. <laughs> They're performing concert. I don't even know if I have Guar right. on here. So, Nick, why are they letting these 3D guns 
be available on the internet when we are all struggling with gun laws and what to do about well, all the crazies with guns. I'm sure you still need a gun license. So yeah. it's like, yeah. But they do go on sale tonight at midnight. Well, then, I mean, why not just buy it? Are, are they super cheap or something? No. Well, then why not just get a Because they're undetectable. Oh, they're not made of metal. They're completely so. undetectable. Oh. Really? That walk is not good news. That's, That's good. Yeah, they're going to be illegal in about. Pack your suitcase and walk on an airplane. They're going to be illegal in about not, five minutes. No. 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 Should not be legal. No, no, but no. I do think they would find bullets. I mean, you have to yeah. still use real yeah. bullets. No, yeah. no, wait, wait. They're X-raying your bag when you go through carry-on. So right. They can't take it in a carry-on. Well, so. I'll tell you the truth. I've recently have flown with some pretty weird things and metal things. I took a... You know, imagine the weird things that your wife I has t- flown with. <laughs> <laughs> I took a single-cylinder motorcycle engine in a suitcase oh, to Mexico City, and mm. guess what? Nobody asked me what it was. That's great. That's it nice. looked like a bomb. Yeah, really. Nobody it- said, what is in this bag? Oh, it was a carry-on? Yeah. Huh. Cool. And I brought it there and brought it back both ways. And nobody asked me what it was. Now, Tell them your you 1986 that? story. I had there, somebody Catherine. work on it down there. Tell them your 1986 story. Returning home from Chinatown in New York. A bag full of fireworks. <laughs> fifty pounds. She put fifty pounds oh. of fireworks in the overhead. No, no, I checked it. And no, no, nothing happened. Oh, right? well, that's better. <laughs> better. Oh, that, that makes and a lot of sense. And nothing happened to her. Nothing happened. No. Fifty pounds of explosives. They didn't even look at it. Yeah, I believe it. Jesus. It's well, not that. Bring them home. We didn't shoot them well, all off. It's, like, okay. It's like my experience coming back from Switzerland. We went, we went through Zurich, and I uh, had hiked down. We were in Zermatt. I'd hiked down from the Gonagrat, sat down once to put a, a Band-Aid on a blister, put my pack. I laid my pack down, picked my pack back up, went left, got to Zurich Airport. I left a battery in my case that they were supposed to be taken out. Oh, uh, yeah. Just look at separate. So they, they took my bag. And they immediately swiped it with the with the tag yeah. and the stuff. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, they, and the guy comes back. He swipes it a second time. I said, is everything okay? He said, no. And I go, oh, I got a problem. So they, they, they immediately uh, they, they immediately said, will you come with us? He said, these two guys dressed oh, in black, great. heavily armed, took me over to some, you know, some little booth over there. And they talked to me a little bit, and I said, I, I, I don't know what's, what's going on. And so they went through all, my, all the stuff that I was going to carry on. Nothing was weird. They finally uh, uh, let me let me come out of this little booth. They had closed the line I was in and each mm. line on either side. Wow, well, you were they, they, dis- they were serious were about it. I was a danger. There were three. They, when I finally came out, there were two guys in brown and two three guys in black, all heavily armed, ready to like. Now, why were they so concerned about this? Because I set, because they shoot avalanches with explosives in Zermatt. That residues on the ground, oh, even that side gets on my bag. They swipe the bag. That's exa- that's the only reason because I had no, I hadn't been carrying been, ammo or anything. I've only been pulled out once my whole life, and that was last year, and it was in Italy. And they all they want to, they pulled me out of line and put me in a separate thing room, mm-hmm. and they want to know how much cash I had. How much cash? Yes. Mm. Yeah, well, because of you drug do deals. Look like a, Don't know. They you said, do you look know. like a thug. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they took one look at you and said, "Muff." And you know what? It's the same place. It's the same place that uh, the Snoop Dogg got busted for a bunch of cash, and they took it from him. Why? Because you're not allowed to bring a bunch of cash into a country. No. Well, that's true. No, yeah, it's like can. a no, ten thousand dollars or something. I think it's a hundred grand in Italy. Well, it was at the time, but he mm. had three hundred thousand or six hundred thousand. They took half of it from him. Yikes. It took half oh. of it from me. Well, don't carry $600,000 in cash. Oh, God, you know what? I, I Doesn't got my anybody use travel checks anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 600 grand. 
And of course, they asked Nancy, and you know, Nancy, she's so she's scared of anything. She's like, oh, oh. <laughs> she made us look guilty. Honest to God. I never what a burst world. into tears when you're Yeah. Because <laughs> Nancy will burst into tears in a second. I'm like, you know what else happened? <laughs> yeah, that's they not good. She's a, she's a typical North Dakotan. She'll tell you every bad thing ever, I've ever done in my life. Like, oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're screwed. You know what else he did? Okay. Well, you nice. know, it all works out. Yeah, I, I get pulled aside all the time. Really? All the, yeah. I would think you time. would. Yep. Uh, For a while does there, too. it was me. Yeah, Catherine. I was constantly being pulled aside yep. all the time. And now I've only maybe once out every six flights. And now Nancy. Now you are. Nancy gets yeah. p- that that's pre check thing now automatic yep. every ticket she buys. Yeah, How are you that. getting that? I was told by an agent because I asked, why do I get pulled aside so often? And he said, because you have to bow your shoulders together to get through the, the screener machine. Because if I walked in, my my shoulders won't fit yeah, you go in that door. I suppose you could go well, sideways. I think they let you do it sideways. Together well, and then, they don't care as long as you get in the thing. Well, they do care if you crunch, scrunch your shoulders together. You can't touch the sides of the machine. You can't. Oh. You cannot touch the side. Yeah, Although the new ones are, the new ones are, yeah, they've got the footprints. You and the footprints. Yeah, those are, yeah. That's Maybe, all anybody has now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she went and did the trusted traveler number. She didn't, but she always gets pre-checked. It makes me mad. It does. <laughs> but I use American Express. I and, like that. And I have a Delta American Express. Mm-hmm. So I just flip out, or not, not uh, I have not, sorry, not American. I do use American Express, but I have a Delta card. So I just show it, and then you they get in front of the line. Now it's not the, pre-checked, but you get in front of the line. Now they've got a new iris thing. What's that called? Clear. Clear, Clear right. Yeah. Has yeah. anybody tried? Did you have that? Uh, no? I, I did the iris thing and the, foot, the fingerprint thing. Oh, that was 15, 20 years ago when I was flying to L.A. all the time. And they, and, and, and I went through that, and that was, I guess, the prototype of this. But I don't think it's really worth it because you save two minutes. Well, you know, the, the new license went in effect yesterday for yesterday for Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Smart oh, license. Right. So, so if you have an old license, you cannot fly out of the state with it. Unless you have a passport. Unless you have a passport. Well, I thought you had until October of next year. Well, I, no, you had until they came out with it. So and now I guess it's I guess you'd be grandfathered in. I think it's the first January, not October. Well, it's, it's January, not October. I think it's January. Yeah. And, and people under 21, their licenses are vertical. Yeah. Rather than horizontal. Yeah. Oh. Mm. And rather than horizontal, they go up and down if you're under or you're 21. Oh, so they know if they can drink or not. Oh, cool. So yeah. I just got a new one because I changed the dress, and they sent me an old one. What? Yeah. And I went down and I said, well, why did they get the smart one? And they go, oh, well, you have to pay for that. So it's, when I fly, oh, no. I have to bring my passport with me because yeah. I don't have the... Well, can you, you, just, ha- can I, you just go get an upgraded yep, license? Yep, yep, you can go get one. How much did it cost? Like five hundred dollars? No, no. Why no, did no. Dayton do this? He's, he's the an one idiot that didn't because he's psychopathic. He's going to cost anything. too much money. <laughs> a passport costs a lot more money than a driver's <laughs> license does. Mm, it well, does. it took me like two months just to get my regular driver's oh, license. Oh yeah, now, I have to oh, fly yeah. at the end of August. Try to get a title for your car. Uh, it's like four months. Oh, Melissa's going to have to do that soon, actually. It's like four months right now. Fun. It's ridiculous. To get what? To get your title. If you go buy a car. Four months. That's what it took me. Four months. And cool. I did I did four four in a row, four bikes in a row. It took me four months to get each one. It's not That's fair. Insane. It's not fair. Well, Minneapolis does have clear. So Yeah, Minneapolis does have clear. Yeah, we yeah. signed up for clear. 
Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. What's clear again? <clears throat> you just, I, they, they read your iris. Instead yeah. of having to take out your ID, you they do an iris scan and you get through but you know what that's giving a lot of, that's not much i don't wouldn't do in that. minneapolis the people were really whipping through that had clear yeah? i don't know about all airports yeah, some but, airports seem to have better services but, than other with that stuff and i've watched it in san francisco denver and minneapolis and at la a little bit and they it's just not if you have gone through have gone through a trusted travel program you get the pre-check yeah. i've watched and they're so they go to the head of the line okay well there's four people in front of me I mean, it just, it just it, it depends on how busy it is. Well, it's, it's just, yeah, that's right. It depends on how busy it is, but by and large, it's an insignificant amount of time. In Minneapolis, at least, the pre-check line is a lot of times much longer than the regular line to get through security. I agree. Much longer. I agree. I've ditched, oh. I've ditched the pre-check one and gone into the regular line a couple of times. Sometimes it's longer, yeah. But none of them, all of them are a breeze compared to the Paris airport. Yeah. That airport system. You're going through that gauntlet, it's a nightmare. You got to dodge pickpockets? No, but it's just forever. <laughs> it's a forever line. No, but one thing I have to say about Europe, if you're late, if you're late, you, somebody will bring you up to the front of the line and put you right through. Yeah, that right. never happened in right. America, man. You're right. sitting there. You're missing your flight. Yeah, that's weird that they make you miss your flight. Almost any country fault. in Europe will bring you to the front of the line. Yeah, well, you so, point. so you're supposed to inconvenience everybody else because everybody else got there on time and you got there late. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty so, much. So, so, so you should be. Able to, so, so you just. So yeah, that is a very European attitude. But in Europe, Europe, it's they do. They'll bring you to the front. Mm-hmm. I well, I've gotten to the airport, especially Paris Le Gaulle, and the line is literally two hours long. And I say to the person, "Hey, listen, my flight's oh. in an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Am I going to make it?" And they say, "Well, when it gets close, if you're not close, we'll bring you up." And they do. Well, that's good. They bring you right up to the front. You still have to stand in line for an hour and a half. Pretty much. Oh, wow. That's and what stinks about if you have a layover in, 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 in that airport, you still have to go to baggage and walk out of the terminal. They may, it's mandatory. You can't just go to your, your gate. Really? Yeah, really. See, they make you leave thing. the terminal, and you have to get back in and go through the whole oh gauntlet God. again. Oh, God. So if you're going to Paris Legault Airport, make sure you have your layover is at least two and a half hours away. Or just not go to Paris. So you will not make your connecting flight. That's why I like to fly private, because you can show up with a machine gun and a Bowie knife. <laughs> and a couple of dogs. Well, not all, of us, of, dogs. Not all of us can afford that. Yeah, yeah not all of us. Jets. Some of us might know somebody named, oh, I can't really say whose name, but it's, it's, it's not me. I can guarantee you that. That I can guarantee you. Yeah, we know quite a few people have private jets. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Kind of cozy up to them more. Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's more important to have friends that have private jets than friends who have boats. Yeah. Absolutely. Or friends who might be well, really have, good friends. We yeah. don't need those. Well, they have a jet. They probably have a boat. <laughs> right. Well, it's true. That, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't have a boat, and I would definitely have a jet. Yeah. Why don't people do that? Why don't they group up and get private jet hours? Because then they're going to fight about, I yeah. want the jet this weekend. Actually, you can do that. You can, there's clubs. You can do that. Yeah, you yeah, can do clubs. that. But i, I got to believe clubs. If you're flying all the time, let's say if you're on business or whatever, wouldn't it be just as expensive to fly that as it would a private jet? I don't think so. No. 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 Private jets are very expensive. Well, they they ex- are really expensive. The, the, the crew is what's expensive. Oh, that's And true. the gas. And the maintenance. Yeah, and the, oh, it's, I mean, the crew. Yeah. The maintenance. But the crew, the crew, if you have one jet, you need, yeah. if you have one jet, you need uh, – Two pilots and a co-pilot, or one pilot and two and, co-pilots, and then and the maintenance people, and a maintenance person, yeah. and you need one staff to uh, be the attendant. I mean, it's just a huge amount. Of yeah, it's a lot of oh. money. It's not as much fun to fly fly private now that I don't drink. 
That's right. Back when you used to drink, you just hammer everything. Remember the old days? I have some pictures that were taken on a plane in like 84, and we're just hammered. Oh, then, yeah. I think we were, we were going to the bathroom. We were not even going to the bathroom, but sitting at the seat doing bumps of blow. And people, that's when you could smoke, and everybody's it's smoking. And, and you're hitting on, hitting on the stewardess, and she's hitting on you. And I just remember the key. And by the way, I kind of learned that through the grapevine from Jay Leno. Jay Leno was making, I believe, thirty-five or forty million dollars a year, and when, when you included his tour dates, he was making over fifty million a year. And he always flew private, but never owned a jet. I said, "Why would I buy a plane? I know tons of people that have private planes I can use." The best, the best <laughs> private plane stuff I ever saw is is Led Zeppelin. Oh, all yeah. sitting in a private jet, and Elton John's in the center in a baby white grand piano playing playing rock. Oh yeah, yeah, I've it's seen that. Awesome man, it's the most awesome, and it's they're in a jet, and the clouds are going by the windows. Although Iron Maiden's jet's pretty damn cool. Oh, it was, yeah, they retired it, but yeah. Did they? Yeah, they retired. No, they retired. Seven fifty-seven. Yeah, they retired it. That's too bad. Seven five seven. Yeah, it was oh, seven fifty-seven. Yeah. yeah, it was. And and the lead singer or yeah. the lead is it the lead singer, or lead guitarist, like, lead singer Bruce lead, Dickerson. He's, yeah, a, he's Bruce a, Dickerson, a commercial right. pilot. He's a commercial. He's a commercial pilot. He's the only one who. Remember what he did? They did. You just Google Iron Maiden's plane. It comes right up. Remember what they did to Kanye West? Kanye West took a picture in front of a private jet and look at me standing from my private jet. And Iron Maiden Bruce Dickerson takes a picture of his 757 with him sitting sitting in the the pilot seat, going, "Come on, man, please." (laughs) (laughs) He flies his he flies his plane. Flies his own plane. Well, you know they're all they were always all sober and drug free band and yeah. And health, you know, healthy, and that's why they can still tour. Not many other people Great can. Great guys, too. They're very, very You know what? Nice they really people. are. They most, Nico lives in, in West Palm, you know. Yep, yep, yeah. I do know. Yeah. We will be right back in just a couple of seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Part 2, Hour 2, Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down over 77 pounds, and I have one more round to go to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It is on Monday, August 20th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. That extra baggage melts away really fast, and one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never, ever hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on August 20th. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. If you are a homeowner, you do not want to miss this free event. We are hosting a free seller workshop where we are going to teach you how to net between $30,000 to $60,000 more on your home sale. Plus, we are going to share our proven systems that will instantly put the control back in your corner. Guarantee yourself the results you deserve when it comes time to sell your house. Our exclusive workshop will be sold out shortly, so call now to secure your free ticket by calling 763-401-SOLD or by visiting sellerworkshop.com. This free seller workshop will be held the week of August 6th. The last workshop sold out very fast, so hurry and call Chris Lindahl Real Estate today to save your free ticket. So call now, 763-401-SOLD, or visit sellerworkshop.com for times, locations, 
and to secure your free ticket. Okay, you know how it works. Uh, I don't promote people that aren't the real deal or don't do the right thing. This is not a bare bones situation at all. And the best part is it's free. Maybe. But, but, um, but, um, but, um. Come fly with me. Is this Ronan Farrow? <laughs> looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. He looks just like Rowan and Farrow. Yeah. How did that happen? These were the good days, man. Oh, they were. God, Catherine was just playing Frank Sinatra the other night. We're sitting outside by the fire table and little Frank Sinatra playing. It was wonderful. I tell you, if you watch, watch those guys like Frank Sinatra, oh, Dean Martin, all those guys, they were, they were so hysterical, man. They were. If you watch those old roasts, the original roast. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were very fun. phenomenal. They uh, went to a wedding. The younger uh, younger person, um, late 20s, they played Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. At the wedding. Oh, oh yeah. it's timeless music. Oh, it's yeah, timeless. It's a... I was talking to a friend of mine who was in another market, a big market, doing mornings. And they said, he said, they has pulled all the Beatles off of our station. They, they said, the Beatles are too old. I said, I have a 29-year-old daughter whose favorite band is the Beatles. So, I wouldn't imagine anybody pulling the Beatles. They pulled the Beatles. I love the Beatles. I mean, how on earth could you pull the Beatles? Yeah, and what are you, 19? <laughs> 21. 21. She's 20. Yeah, she can drink legally. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of, the, the, it's an interesting world right now, and I'll tell you, it, it really is, because television, radio, and newspapers don't want to admit <laughs> That not younger people don't use them. Listen, the Star Tribune's advertising on Facebook right now to get new subscribers, and the comments are just brutal. Oh, they're <laughs> brutal. They like, are the brutal. comments are brutal, man. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Andy, do you do you know anybody under thirty five that even watches television, listens to the radio, or reads a newspaper? I don't. Um, yeah, Melissa does. She watches HGTV. Well, the HGTV? Yes. HG. 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 Home and Garden TV is yeah. not really watching television. Well, <laughs> you know what? Nancy, Nancy, Nancy does like to read the paper. Yeah? Sunday morning. She? She's 38. Yeah, see, she's aged out already. She reads the paper. Got to read it, and she's aged out already. She's yeah. over 35. Sorry. I started dating her. She was 20-something, so I was all proud of that. God, there's a story today about a guy. <laughs> about a, well, it was a girl, actually. Uh, she was engaged to a guy. Her family uh, be- wanted her to marry this guy. He's 20 years old. She was 11. Oh, uh, well, that's illegal. Yeah, you're not supposed Hopefully. to do that. Yeah, hopefully it's illegal. That'd be good. That'd be really, you know, really good. I was at Starkey Foundation Gallo one year, and some oh lady my from... God. Expert. Expert did it again. Some lady from Russia well, was keeps... trying to marry her, me, get me to marry her daughter, who was very young. Oh God! Oh, God. Why? Why? And would... I was with Nancy, hmm. and they were, and she was. They were both beautiful well, women. The age of consent in Mexico is twelve. Oh, it is twelve. Oh, it's twelve now. That's, twelve that's in Mexico. Ridiculous. How do you say that in Spanish, Andy? Twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Doce. Doce. Yeah. Doce. Doce is twelve. Well, yep. They mm-hmm. usually having babies by then anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh that's <laughs> nice. Kind of true. Well, that's... Hey, me- Mexican men are relentless, man. <laughs> Why don't we the just destroy the show? <laughs> Let's see, age. You, you can write to L.A. Mother's Nick in the nut house. That's yeah. right. Mother's mean age at first birth. I know his address. Let's see. <laughs> hey, by the way, L- L.A. Nick's officially copyrighted and trademarked as of yesterday. Well, there you I go. Got, you got it in the mail from the federal government. Huh? Mexico's actually 21 years median age at first birth now. They've see? gone up. 
Good for Mexico. You Some places more. are like Luxembourg, 30 years. What's Ooh, the youngest? 30, really? The youngest? Let's see. Some Slavic outfit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I looked right Africa. at Catherine. Mm, there's no probably uh, Africa, uh, yeah, somewhere in Africa. Chad, seventeen point yeah. nine. Yeah, there you go. go. Some place in Africa. Seventeen point nine. That's still point nine's not bad. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, that so is. So the world's come a long way. Uh -huh. The youngest <laughs> girl ever to deliver a baby, I think, was nine. Yes. Oh, oh. I couldn't imagine it. Nine. 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 <laughs> she had delivered a baby. She was nine years old. Mm -hmm. That's brutal. Oh, Woo! God. That's a bit too much there. Yeah. I don't know. Where was uh, that? Do you know? Um, I think it was some Slavic nation. No, no she was. Um, I do know uh, she was Hispanic. <laughs> Catherine happens to be Slavic. That's uh, yeah, railing on it. Lena Marcella Medina de Jurado. Of course, uh, she gave birth at the age of five. Five? What? That's not possible. I don't think she's it's possible. She's from Lima, Peru. That's not possible. You can't have a baby at five. Why is it Lima, Peru, and Lima, Ohio? I, that's what I want to know. <laughs> they thought she had a tumor, but it turned out she was seven months pregnant. Somebody had sex with a five-year-old. Apparently. Uh, how, but how, she, how could she have gone through puberty? Yeah. Oh, that, that's, uh, five. I don't know about that. I mean, come on. Did she eat her twin? Was she like a twin and her body consumed it? Because that's Ooh, yeah. happened before. That has happened before. They did have to get her a C-section, obviously. There are newborn babies smoking cigarettes in Indonesia. Well, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's a bit what are different. you talking about? The, the Indonesia. So all the American tobacco companies, when we started coming down on cigarettes, they moved right. to other countries. Yes, they in did. Indonesia, they moved to the hardest. Philip Marsh is all, there's billboards everywhere, and there's no law on how old you have to be to, buy, to smoke cigarettes. So that's, you can Google it. I think it's 98% of the population of Indonesia smokes. Smoke cigarettes? Yeah, and, and they Man. just Google baby smoking, and it's Indonesian babies blowing smoke rings. Two-year-olds? Yeah, a two-year-old, and he's, and he's really overweight, and he's blowing oh. smoke rings. Uh, I've seen that oh, picture, actually. Yeah, he's I have in seen him. I have yep. seen that picture. Indonesia yep. is the top, top country for smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Photoshop, too. No, nah, this is video. Uh, this is all video. Well, they, can, they can do that for video now. Trust they me. Can, have, they can Photoshop go video. Go to Indonesia. <laughs> you go to Indonesia. <laughs> too smoky. I'm not going. Well, in 2017, when he was nine years old, he was slimmed down and he didn't smoke anymore. That's good. When so, he was nine? Yep. By the time he was nine, he good quit smoking. Him. He kicked the habit. Yeah, he, now he He's been on a patch. bunch of shows. It's a true story. You got Nutrisystem? He was smoking it, too. <laughs> All right. This is going to be interesting. The New England Transport Agency has a new task at hand. And a seven-year-old girl, to thank for the assignment, Zoe Carew, was traveling to see her grandparents in Eastbourne when she noticed a lineman sign along the side of the road indicating workers were dealing with power lines. And per the Guardian, she became incensed. She's seven years old, and she's incensed by this. Because, oh, let me guess, mommy told her to say that it should be line person. Uh, so incensed, in fact, that she penned a note to Fergus Gammy, uh, the transportation group's chief, telling him, uh, she thought the sign was wrong and unfair, as women could also perform yep. this work. Do you agree? She asked in the letter, which her mom posted oh, online. Oh, wow. There's a surprise. Uh, I wonder how I knew please, that. Can you please change the sign to say line workers instead of something else correct and fair like that, or something correct and fair like that, she requested. Uh, I got to we got to find out how much this costs them in New Zealand to change all those signs. It says linemen instead of... Well, it, how worker. many linemen are women? Zero? 
No, because I bet it's zero. There's probably a couple. Maybe a couple. Yeah, but calling them linemen doesn't mean that they can't do a better job than a man, aren't better workers. It's just a word. It, it's not that big a deal. It's, it's truly actually, not that big a it's deal. It's actually, isn't it a name of a position more than a oh, yeah, gender yeah. thing? A lineman. I mean, lineman, there's electrical linemen. It means you're, mm-hmm. you're well, I know. at the, a certain I mean, level. It's the same right. thing like with work workman's comp. Right. They're going to change workers' what? comp? It's workers' comp. <laughs> it's workers' comp. Oh, it's no. workers' yeah. comp. It's been workers' comp forever. But linemen are a certain degree of level of people in that industry. You have to become right. a lineman. You don't just... Right. Apply for lineman job. And you get mean it. you, you can't them. just uh, call, climb electrical poles and start working on that without <laughs> well, a little training? Well, but yeah. they have laborers, but then they have a lineman who's just above everybody. It's like a foreman. Oh, okay. I'm so what about that? What about foreman? Can a woman can't foreman be a person. foreman? Four no, person. Four person. And, and, and a laborer is called a boy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the. That's a, it's a boy. That's what. Yeah. That's, so would a hobo of his female be a hoe wo? <laughs> hey, thank you. Because thank hoe you. boy is what it. A hoe boy. They would. There were boys that would carry around hoes with. I'd them. be a hoe good. Farm workers. Well, homeless people are. <laughs> homeless people are overwhelmingly male. So. Yeah, that's true. And linemen are ninety-two percent male. So. Ninety-two percent. I would say it's pretty descriptive. I want. I'm going to complain to the building here uh, <laughs> that. I want all the bathrooms to say the Z room. No, not women's room, not men's room. The Z room. It's getting crazy. I'll it tell you. really is getting I, psychotic. I can't even look at it anymore. I no, can't even like look either. at news feeds or Facebook, and it, I just I get so stressed out. I don't even want to say it. I know. I agree. I know what you're saying. The the stalls lock. I don't care if there's a woman in there. I don't care either. Well, I, 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 just don't, I don't see the the segregation. Is it just you know so puritanical? And I think that you know. Just, just there's bathrooms. Okay, you go into the bathroom. You know that's the way it is. You Actually, know. the woman cleaner, she walks right in the bathroom here. She does. She, she doesn't even right yeah, say nothing. She does. She, she doesn't say right a word. In. She just well, walks right in. Well, what I, th- I fear happen. I fear happened with her is that it's very uh, funny. She, her, her, right? You do it to you. Yeah. Her sexual ambiguity comes out when she really has to go to the bathroom badly. <laughs> and <laughs> that, in that, you know, th- at those times, that's when she questions what. I tell you it. what. I'm, I'm I'm saying eight out of ten times I've used the bathroom here. She's walked in in the bathroom was right after I walked in. You know, you guys just remind. I'm just sitting down wait. with you today. I get off the show and I'm gonna sit around for a little while before I come and take care of my duties on the show. And why were you watching the CW last night? I was. I didn't Somebody even turn was. on the TV. Oh well, it was on the CW for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. And the Jerry Springer show's on. <laughs> There was a black woman. That's not still on the air, though, right? It's rerun. Uh, it just ended recently. It just ended, really? yeah. It wow. just ended. Yep. Uh, let's see. Here. Long run. So there's a large black woman, and she's complaining that her husband's having an affair with another woman. Ah, God, I think I saw that episode. Yeah. <laughs> so you were <laughs> watching it. But here we go. There's, here's the best part. It lasted so, 17 years, June 13th, or June 13th, 2018, it ended. Wow. So, I, know, yeah. I know 15 years ago he was making $7 million a year Holy doing that show. moly. He did very well on that show. Jesus. He actually is a really good guy. Jerry Springer yeah, is a he's, really good guy. Yeah, he's been a couple times. Nice guy. Really Wait, did I say 17 or 27? 27 seven. is what it is. Yes. You said 17. It's not 17, it's oh. 27. Wow. Oh, whatever. And by the way, Oprah Winfrey's show when it started was just like the Jerry Springer show. Mm-hmm. Really? It was identical. Oh, there were a million of those. Ricky Lake. And yeah, Ricky Lake. What's the black guy? Uh, Denzel. Montel Williams. No, Montel, yeah. Montel Williams. Montel. So, Denzel. What happened to him? Denzel so say, Washington. Montel You're Denzel. not the father! Jerry says to the wife, uh, you're going to have to go backstage because we're going to bring the other woman out now. 
And so she comes out, very attractive woman. Uh, she comes out, and they talk talk to her, and they said, "Well, did you go in the uh, in the uh, men's room with her husband? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, did you have sex? Yes, we did. We uh, uh, I performed oral sex on on her husband in the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> then the husband comes out, and they say, "There's something we got to tell you about the stripper. She was born a man." <laughs> That's like, every, that's like every episode. It really yeah. is every episode now. There's always a sex change involved. Oh, right? my God. He said, Shocking. you telling me that I got some oral from a man? She goes, I'm not a man. Yeah, if you were born a man, you're a man. My, it's like, no. The, my favorite is that the guy will get up and start fighting because, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, you're really a man, so I guess I can hit you. And then wigs come flying. Oh, um, yeah, wigs are flying. <laughs> that's all staged. I think it's got to be it's fake. Right. Oh, it They'd is. be liable for too much stuff. Yeah. I agree. This might be a medical urban legend, but... There's, oh, here it, we the, go. There, there's been emergency room visits where a man will bring his wife in, woman, mm-hmm. because she has bad abdominal pain. Uh-oh. And uh, they'll, they'll take her in and examine her um, and do the appropriate tests. And the doctor comes out and tells the husband, well, I, I just well. want you to know that, well, I want you to know that your wife has bad prostatitis. Oh, oh God. Because when you have a change, mm-hmm. when you when you go through the sex change, they do not remove the prostate, and oh. it's still there, and they it's still don't. At risk. Well, no, why would oh, they? Oh, I suppose. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. Why? Oh, would that's they? a big. You don't want to be. Oh, yeah, it's big enough trying to get to get them switched from the guy to the woman, but to take the prostate out, that's a whole different level of surgery and things and risks. So no, they don't. No, it's, it's still there. That's a tough road to hoe, right there, man. Well, that's what that's what you're born in a genetic, a, a genetic sex. You have to respect the fact that you, on a continued, ongoing basis, are going to have medical problems related to you mm-hmm. being that sex. Yeah, I suppose that's sure. true. Yeah. I never thought that about that. True. I never you did know, either. That's true. So you have a higher risk of breast cancer if you're a man. That's got, or a woman's gone to a man. I mean, all those things are just you have to really respect that so that you're cared for properly. Actually, you know, men have the same amount of breast cancer as women. No, they, they just have less breast tissue. No, they don't. Yes, no, they no, no. do. The, the incidence is not as great in men. Well, it's the incidence, but I mean, it, what but if you the account, numbers are the same? What if you adjusted for the amount of fat tissue there? I still don't think it's because the incidence of breast cancer for women is like 11%, and it goes up if you have genetic predisposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a man with breast cancer. I have. I have one friend. Okay, one buddy. Yeah? Yep. Well, you get a sit in the ringer? That's unlucky. Thank you very much. Great to be <laughs> oh here. My God. I love that saying. Honestly, God, that was a, that's like an old grandma, grandpa oh, saying. Oh, yeah, because those old washing machines, that happened. Yeah, it actually <laughs> did happen. They do the hand crank ringer and they get their no, jug the machine cutting. cranked. Oh, that would be even worse. <laughs> there was a lever on it. You hit it to, to let your hand out or your other out. Oh, oh. Look at the cops pull that guy over. He's got his tit in the ringer. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. Aren't you never heard have... that, LA. Our guest. We do. Well, we have to take a break right here, so our guest will be on with us in just a couple of minutes. We will be back with our very special guest, and this is all for Andy. We're very excited about this. Cassie took oh, care of it. We'll be right back. This is Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. 
And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. What is this, the theme song from Medical Center? <laughs> this is Dr. Doctor by Thompson Twins. Oh, oh. Dr. Doctor, okay. Which I'm going to go see at the State Fair, but only one of the Thompson Twins. The other Twins. Dr. Doctors are real Dr. Doctor songs. <laughs> Dr. Doctor. Give me the news. Ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, Dr. Thomas Navayaser. Am I saying your last name properly, Doctor? Absolutely. Thank Yay. you. Navayaser. It's like Leviathan. Navayaser. I, I just took a guess, but what is what is Ponavayaser? It's a, what is pon? Ponavayaser. Apparently, it's my father. That's very funny, that Doctor Tom. Uh, but I guess Ponavayaser is a, a Hebrew word. I don't know. See, I we, don't know either. We learn something new every day, Doctor Thomas Navayaser. This is we're, what we're doing, Doctor Navayaser, is torturing our son. He's here. He knows a lot about uh, medicine, medical. He has great medical vocabulary. We have a doctor with us as, as well, Dr. Ralph Basham. This, we were looking forward to this all day because uh, this should be a fascinating segment. Dr. Thomas Navias, or pop quiz, how is your medical vocabulary? If your doctor tells you your pain is idiopathic, what does he mean? Andy, what does he mean if your pain is idiopathic? Uh, the cause is unknown. Oh. Correct. Oh, God, he's ding, ding, ding. you know, doctor, he's going to show up. That's our son. It's good. He's going to show up all day. Well, that's a day. pretty, you know, I didn't know that. One. My doctor tells me nothing's wrong with you every time I go. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you something is wrong with you. I know. I agree. <laughs> doctor, we'll, we'll turn it over to you. Uh, this is a fascinating subject. Pop quiz, how is your medical vocabulary? How did this all well, start? Well, I tell you, uh, I, I wrote a book called The Way I See It, and a head-to-toe guide on common orthopedic conditions, and it was solely written for the layperson. And the reason I did that is because one of my pet peeves while in practice was that patients didn't understand the big medical words doctors used, mm -hmm. and when they described their aches and pains, they tended to tune out whatever else was said after hearing an unfamiliar word. So I decided mm -hmm. to write a book uh, describing the definitions and phonetically spelling out the words and giving them uh, as much information about the disease process we're talking about so that they more intelligently can talk to their doctors. I think it's wonderful. Decompressive laminectomy, Andy, what does that mean? Uh, that's a good... Decompressive, decompressive laminectomy. Decompressive laminectomy? Your spine exploding? <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> As a physician, you know, when you that's see the surgery, that's pretty much what it looks like. Procedure, yes. Okay, so what is a decompressive laminectomy, Dr. Neviaser? A decompressive laminectomy is usually used in patients in the lower portion of their back for what they call spinal stenosis and uh, chronic arthritic changes. Uh, the lamina, which is the arch of the bone mm -hmm. that covers the back of the spinal cord and its ligaments and so forth, is called the lamina. And when you do a decompressive laminectomy, ectomy means removal. So it's removal of the lamina in order to decompress the area. So our son's description that. as you blow somebody's spine well. up is probably right. <laughs> that would be like a decompression laminectomy. <laughs> yeah, decompression, exactly. It's totally different. <laughs> It's always been, uh, I have a number of friends that are doctors, and I, I love it when they, the worst part of it, I will tell you something, Dr. Neviaser, and it used to upset me to no end. I used to watch the show House. That uh, <laughs> Okay, I'd watch the show House, and about five minutes in, my, my friend Dr. Paul Olson go, oh, this is what's wrong with them. Well, you just ruined it for yeah, me. I got 55 more minutes, but he already told me what the, what the outcome's going to be. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I used to watch that myself, and I uh, would try to make the diagnosis. Obviously, they try to find the most obscure yeah. diagnosis that any medical physician could ever think of. But uh, over time, you could sort of figure out what they were talking about. I suppose. Now, how long would it take you to diagnose uh, the condition? About five minutes, like Dr. Olson? Well, I think some of the ones they came up with uh, were very difficult. Uh, oh, things yeah. like uh, amoebic uh, uh, yeah. uh, meningitis. Mm -hmm. That oh, was one of yeah, them. I mean, oh, my yeah. God, I, I didn't even know these amoeba were in the water, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that episode. The, yeah, kids, the kid was Went up his seeing, nose. the kid saw it in his eyes yeah, and was drawing it. That was a different one. No, that's visual larva migraine. Yeah, that, that was parasites oh, from the, the dirt that he ate because wow. he was autistic and he couldn't talk, yeah. so they didn't, yeah. Let's all remember one thing as we go forward here. I'm just a disc jockey, so watch what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them do sound rather uh, obscene, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> they kind of do. No, I, I, my, I, I was having severe lower back pain, like bad, and my lower back pain was so intense that I couldn't, sometimes couldn't even walk, and it ended up being a, an intestinal problem. Yeah, the referred a, a, an pain. An intestinal problem, inflaming in my lower intestine, pushing on my spine. I get that all the time because I have and IBS, and it feels it, like my back hurts. It took me yeah. to communicate really well with my doctor mm -hmm. to find the problem because they, were, they weren't looking there at all. Like, Absolutely. This happens a lot of it, and especially in orthopedics. When there's, there's children and it develops some problems in their hip, their pain shows up in their knee. That's what's called referred pain. Uh, and hmm. oftentimes, physicians just go after the knee and get x-rays. It's normal. The exam is normal, and they just leave the patient go. But in actuality, they're developing some real difficult problems to treat in their hip. So this is the type of thing that uh, physicians need to know. Yeah, same same thing with shoulder. Shoulder pain can refer, can give you epicondylitis. That happened to me. I did the PT on the shoulder. It all went away. So, yeah, the shoulder pain is usually referred to the big muscle on the side of your humerus, yeah. called the deltoid. Neck pain is uh, referred to the muscle across the back of your neck to your shoulder. So most of the people always are saying, well, my shoulder hurts. Well, it isn't your shoulder. It's really from your neck. Mm -hmm. But if you tell the doctor your shoulder hurts, the next thing you know, he starts looking for shoulder problems.
I have heard Dr. Neviser and Dr. Basham uh, that because some of the coverage is so good for people now that some doctors, not all doctors, of course, just a small percentage of them, perform every test they possibly can because they're going to get paid. That's my. That's where. Is that I, true? My doctors do it. They they X-ray, ultrasound, everything they can possibly do. See, I liked it better when I was like nineteen and once. And then I like, then I tell them that that that's not the problem. Tell them what the problem is. And they the find problem it. is you interrupt people right in the middle of their sentences. <laughs> that's the problem right there. Yeah. yeah, they actually we don't get paid for ordering an MRI. We don't get paid for ordering a CAT scan or a Doppler examination. We don't get paid for any of that. Uh, and we don't even know sometimes the people that the, are doing the procedures because the patients go to different oh, yeah. institutions mm-hmm. to yeah. get them done. So we don't get paid for any of that. That's a myth. Yeah, i gotta, I got to tell you something, Dr. Neviser. I bet your wife thinks you're on the golf course right now, doesn't she? No, she knows I'm having an interview, and she's probably <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> so i got to be nice. Yeah, you're, well, you're very nice. You're, you're a great guest so far. And I'm learning a lot from... All of you, as a matter of fact, just listening to uh, the situation. Um, The entire business of of medicine, whether it be, you know, psychological or physical or whatever it is, I have known a lot of doctors throughout my life, and it's pretty fascinating watching different people do different things. And and you you guys and women, obviously, the the women and men uh, physicians, you're amazing to me because you see some horrible things. You handle it very, very well. You always seem to be very kind and caring about your patient. I have yet to run into a doctor who's not very kind. Of course, I'm a public figure, so I could just rip the hell up on the air. So I suppose that might be one reason. But, um, no, I, I do admire doctors because, man, one thing I have noticed, and I'll, I'll reference the golf course again here. This is not Dr. or This is Tom. I will be sitting with a few doctors having lunch, and every one of them, about five people come over and go, hey, doc, there's something wrong with my left ankle. What? You guys get hit on for advice constantly. It's amazing you put up with that. Well, it's absolutely true. You go to a cocktail party, you go anywhere else, oh. and as soon as they find you're a doctor, they, yes, they ask these funny questions. I usually retort by uh, saying, do you have insurance? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's wonderful. I think it's a great. Where did you grow up, Doctor Neviser? I grew up actually in Washington D.C. Oh, that was uh, where I was born, and then after that, of course, went away for all the other educational experiences. I returned to D.C. when uh, to go to George Washington Medical School. Oh, you did? At most of yeah, went to most of my training in orthopedics was done in New York City. Started my practice in 1973. Retired. Uh, later on in uh, 2004, and uh, been enjoying life ever since. And but I still have a heart for orthopedic surgery, and uh, I love talking about it. I give uh, uh, presentations on low back pain, shoulders, and uh, knees for free if anybody wants to listen. And, and that's why I call my book the way I see it, because everything that I've written and everything I talk about is definitely the way I see it. And uh, what got me through all the years of orthopedic surgery and the successes I obtained. Doctor, how long does it take to write the book? A year. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
You know, it's really funny because I, I sometimes it can be so simple and people are so good at it. I was getting pain in my left ankle, my left knee, my left hip. And I mean, it, it was pretty, not intense pain, but there was a strong pain there. And I, uh, I went to the doctor and the doctor said, uh, so when your, when your feet turn in, that's supination? Because pronation is if they turn out, right? The supination is of the foot. Right. Your foot. Okay. When right. you toe in, that's an internal rotation. When you toe out, that's external rotation. Actually, the towing in comes from the t- can come from your tibia, and it comes from your hip as well. So when people walk with their toes in, it's not really their feet. It's uh, what we call tibial torsion, or uh, it, it occurs up in the hip. What's interesting, doctor, is that is that I got some inserts in my shoes, which kind of I walk on the outsides of my feet now instead of the insides, and it, all the pain is gone. I, I just it's something that yeah. simple. It's wonderful. Well, it's like the foundation that, of a building being messed yeah, up. It'll I suppose, it'll yeah. mess up the whole building. Absolutely, most people don't really wear shoes that fit them. Number right, one, right, and uh, they there is no support of the arch. A lot of people don't have a normal arch. There's some people that have a hyper arch, which is very high, and there's others that are much more obvious on the flat foot side. When the flat foot side occurs, that's pronation. Oh, so that's your pronation. Foot tends okay. to fall to the inside, and supination is the other way. Is the outside okay? So I needed yeah. to supinate, not pronate. Right. That makes total sense. To yeah, me. I got a pair of running shoes. Uh, a while back, they said, "Oh, you you need these pronating shoes." I forget. They they gave me they gave me the wrong shoe. They didn't give me a neutral shoe. They gave me the wrong shoe. Okay. I just grabbed the shoe. I said, "Oh, well, these people know what they're talking about." So I went and I ran in on these uh, shoes for oh about three or four weeks. Uh, I, my legs hurt so bad. I got uh, tensor fasciitis so bad oh, that God. I could hardly walk. And oh. I said, "I don't think these are the right shoes." They go, "Oh yeah, they're the wrong shoes. Um. Here are the neutral <laughs> shoes." <laughs> true, oh true my story. bad. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. I, I, I will say this again, Dr. Neviser and Dr. Basham. Uh, we all often uh, thank police officers, firefighters for their service, but thank you guys and women for your service as well because it's, I, who knows, if I hadn't gone and seen a doctor, I, I may have ended up not being able to move at all. And it was something as simple as getting the right insert in my, wearing, as you said, the proper shoes. That's all it was. It's amazing. Absolutely. This is a classic. You just need to listen to the patient. You know, when we were in medical school, that's what they used to tell you. Listen to the patient. He's telling you the diagnosis. Yeah. And most, a lot of physicians don't. They jump on the, the diagnosis right away. They have a lot to do. So if just like I was talking about shoulder uh, referral and neck referrals, they're treating the wrong things because they're not listening to the di- to the patient and asking the absolute correct question. That is wonderful. Thank you again for your service. I'm very serious about that, and I'm sure people never Appreciate thank doctors that. for their service, but you uh, people are amazing. You really are. And thank you very much for your time today. book is available everywhere? Uh, it's uh, on Amazon, yes, and it's called The, the Way I See It. And it's called, and the subtitle is The Way, I mean, A Head-to-Toe Guide to Common Orthopedic Conditions. Wonderful. And your next it's on book Amazon, is, and you can find it under my name. I understand your next book is called Shut Up and Let Me Eat Lunch. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor. I appreciate you having the time to uh, talk to me. Oh, it was a great pleasure, believe me. Thank you, Dr. Neviser. You're welcome. 
Uh, have a good day. You too. What a great guy. You know, Ralph, yeah. uh, doctors really do have a great personality. He, I like how he, he basically said that there are a lot of crappy doctors out there <laughs> without well, there saying are. that there's a lot of crappy doctors out there. There's a lot of crappy everything, and that unfortunately doesn't end with doctors. That yep. is true. Great guest, though, Dr. Thomas Neviaser. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard, you.